don't you take another pass through the manuscript from little Susie's point of view, that little one, that little glow inside of you that's been through all of this, that's witnessed all of it. Mm. Yes, exactly. Mm. And that's when it became authentic. I felt connected. It wasn't even so much that the black and white of the manuscript shifted. It was my perception and the pieces of the puzzle just went click, 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 like dominoes falling down. And I saw it and I had for the first time, probably authentic compassion for my journey. Welcome and hello. You are listening to Connect, Inspire, Create, and I am your host, Carol Clegg. Join me as we discuss a variety of topics on this show, including entrepreneurial insights, tips and tools for that business journey, growth mindset, motivation, and mental fitness. Get ready for some valuable insight that will empower and motivate you on your business journey. Let's dive in together and find inspiration to create our own success in midlife entrepreneurship. To my new listeners, hello and welcome. I am glad that you have chosen to spend time with us today. I know that there are many podcasts that you could be listening to. In today's episode, we are going to be covering and touching on healing from challenges from the past and living in authentic freedom as adults. And with that, let me introduce my guest today, Susan Gold. Hi, Susan. Wow, Carol, if it doesn't work out in your current business, you can always be a voiceover reader for those wonderful Audible books. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. I work hard on trying to keep my South African accent, although it's over 30 years since we left. So (laughs) it's not always easy. I sometimes have to just listen to something, you know, to, to bring it back. Or take a trip home. (laughs) But I would love to share a little bit about you with my audience. So let me tell you a little bit more about Susan. Susan was raised in a challenging and chaotic family system, the middle child of five. And to fully thrive, she bravely chose to meet the demons of her upbringing that were continuing to repeat. And her book, which we'll chat about further down, is Toxic Family. Transformed Childhood Trauma into Adult Freedom, and that is all about her journey. Professionally, Susan became known for attaching celebrity talent to projects in New York, which led her to produce for television and film and on to LA. Susan is a decorated endurance athlete competing in three marathons, dozens of triathlons, and the distinction of finishing third in her age group at the treacherous escape Escape from Alcatraz. That's got to be in San Fran, right? I did it. Yeah, it is San Francisco. Congratulations. So after living with force on both coasts of the United States, Susan heeded an intuitive call for a quieter life and now resides in the northwest corner of the mystical state of Montana with her beloved partner and their pets. Keen on leaving a legacy to help others heal, from challenges she successfully met, toxic family, 
transforming childhood trauma into adult freedom is part of that quest. With the same magic Susan created in her entertainment career, she is now leading retreats, webinars, workshops, and private sessions to help others drop outdated storylines and programming in exchange for living from the heart in authentic freedom as adults. And then, Susan, I love what you shared in supporting homeless animals. Dear to my heart, I have my rescue pup under my feet right now and helping others up that ladder of joy. So is your home surrounded with animals? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Thank goodness I've not seen a grizzly bear on the prairie here in Montana yet. (laughs) Otherwise, you'd rescue it. (laughs) (laughs) Susan, welcome. And thank you for being part of the show. I just in reading your bio, you know, you've shared that it was from one coast to the other coast, and then this this move to find solitude and peace with where you are now, such a contrast to the two different sides of the US. But I'd love for you to share that with our audience that searching for your place to live. You know, there I know there's seasons of our life that call us to different destinations, but New York to LA and now Montana. Tell us more about that search and What preempted the looking for peace and quiet after two? So I was happy. Yeah, I was happy in the big cities. I loved New York while I was there and I loved Los Angeles and I didn't see myself leaving. But you know that intuitive voice that we have and love to ignore, or I did at least, I would shove it aside with all my heart (laughs) for for decades until I, I learned the value and that subtle voice kept saying, wow, it's really noisy here in LA. Wow, your central nervous system's on overdrive. So I took a look, believe it or not, at West Virginia. Um, I had gone to college near the state and was flown to Greenbrier County for a press junket for Fox. And I just remembered the beauty. Um, And I went and I took a look, but it just didn't have that magical feeling. It was pretty, it was beautiful. And um, really reasonable as far as property mm-hmm, guys. Absolutely. But, right. Yeah. But it just didn't have that magical pull. So and friends in Montana, it was not on my bucket list. Um, they really encouraged me to visit. And I said, okay, I will mid-January. Ooh. I don't want, yeah, any ruse about the weather. And I had lived in sunny Southern California for almost two decades by then. We flew in over the flathead and it was like journeying into Lost Horizon, Camelot, Brigadoon. I don't know. I just felt it. And while I wasn't interested in in staying in Flathead, I did look in Lincoln County, which reminded me a lot of a cabin in the Catskills that I had Mm. in New York times 10. And... I thought, Carol, that I'd be living in the forests of Montana, Um, but here I am on the prairie. I'm surrounded by beauty. It looks like the Nepali coast down my side window out the back. It looks like the Swiss Alps. And in the front, it looks like Tuscany. So it has, yeah, that pristine energy that Sedona used to have before it was all commercialized. Mm -hmm. And I'm just... I am in rural bliss. It's just it's so perfect. You know, one needs to recognize their seasons, as you say. You love, you know, living in this fast pace. And then there comes a time as you to listen, and we don't always hear it very well. You know, I know that 
settling things in your heart first is often important before trying to pick the perfect place to live. And do we ever find the perfect place to live? But I think as long as it hits at least 80%, and you sound like you've got more than that. You have so much experience, though. You shared before we started to record, you've lived in, what, 26 places now? We've just moved so many times. So here in the U.S., we've lived East Coast, Miami, and the same as you. I never thought New Mexico. I'm an, I'm an ocean girl. <laughs> I'm not sure how I ended up in the desert. But um, we do break up our year, so I'm fortunate that we do get some ocean time thrown in um, along with that. But I love Miami, but it was a season. Um, you know, so it is. It's a season that's that's right at a certain time of your life that we need to recognize. But you mentioned um, getting in touch with your intuition in listening to moving. But I would love, do you have any other moments that you would share where your intuition led you to something? Well, it's 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 maybe not as pleasant, but it was really beneficial all the way around. I was offered a job in Los Angeles. I was living in New York and I thought I went to Los Angeles for an amazing career move. And I did, but it was also to meet the man who I consider one of my greatest gurus. And that was the man who would become my ex-husband. And what I didn't understand was it was like perfect storm. Um, All the issues I needed to address were boiled down into that one experience. And I had great love for him. I thought he was the love of my life. But ultimately, the mask fell. And uh, it was revealed who I was really with. And I tried to make him accountable and to save the marriage from an expiration date that honestly was well overdue. I wanted to hold my family together. Mm -hmm. So we were in mediation and working out an agreement um, that I was hoping would keep some integrity in the partnership when he folded his arms and his eyes went in those cold slits. And he said, I'm hiring an attorney and I'm filing for divorce. And that clear, intuitive voice said very solidly and with grace, this is the universe doing for you what you cannot do for yourself. And you listened. I did. Mm -hmm. And I kept that voice with me because it was, Carol, a year of excruciating hell. So, yeah, I was going to ask on top of that, is there advice that you could give to others on how to recognize that intuition, that little voice, and not to stomp on it and go, I'm pushing you to the side. Wait, I'll come to you later. If you go back in your history, you'll probably recognize times that voice came through, especially when you were a little one. My voice of intuition was out on my shoulder, leading me through. And I was also quite telepathic. I could hear hear thoughts of the adults around me clearly until I started to voice what I was hearing. And Mm -hmm. that got me into trouble. So I sealed that up and compartmentalized it. And then I tucked it away altogether until adulthood. But 
what's helped me is certainly breathing, sitting quietly, going on walks with no agenda, looking at tree leaves in the wind, watching birds. And then suddenly I'll get a hit. I'll get that little whisper. Well, that's that's my intuition. You've opened yourself. And that was going to lead me into the next question that I know that you mentioned meditation. And all these parts to me feed into that mindfulness, that awareness. And meditation is a different journey for everybody. You know, some we put our pressure on ourselves and think, well, this all has to be this magical, but it's not. We need to recognize that it's different. But when when did you start? When did meditation come into your life? And what has it been like for you? Well, my one of my early mentors was um a Buddhist. And she was a longtime meditator. So she did a little half day sit in her studio apartment in in Manhattan, Murray Hill. And it was the most excruciating four hours I could remember (laughs) on earth. I was just, are you kidding? We, We came here to sit on these pillows. And what is the point of this? And do you understand the racket that is going on in my head? And how am I to sit with this? But she was a great teacher. And I continued the practice in in shorter bits. Then I got very, I'd say, regimented about Mm -hmm, it. mm -hmm. You know, I was 45 minutes a day, no matter what, and week-long silent retreats a couple times a year. And and then that didn't feel good. Mm -hmm. And I realized it can come in all certain forms. So I'd sit on a cushion for 10 minutes, or I wouldn't. I'd just walk around the block. I'd look at the black line in the pool for an hour, and that would be my meditation. I would just feel my arms. I would feel my legs on the ground and notice it. That was my meditation. So yeah. Mm, I hear you. There's so many ways that one doesn't need to try and put it in a box. And I hope that encourages those that are listening to realize don't ignore it because it's life-giving and just to find and explore and find your way that works for you That uh, because we absolutely have to give our brains an opportunity, our minds to rest and to move into that state of peace and rest. That Getting back to your book, so what led you to write the book? And well, then in share 2000- with us the process of what it was like. Oh. Oh, I'd love to, Carol. Thank you. So in 2007, an Irish seer told me, you have a book to write and it's going to help a lot of people. And boy, did I shove that under the carpet fast. I I didn't want to go through that process. Um, And then I had two more intuitives tell me back to back. And the the last one said, you have three books to write. You have a lot to say. And I thought, oh gosh, well, before it becomes a library, I think I'll dive in. So I was... um, very focused, very disciplined, and was like a bulldog producer and made myself sit at my computer for 15 minutes a day, whether I had something to write or not. And to my credit, I had a manuscript at the end of about, I don't know, maybe it was nine months. Um, But I didn't feel connected to it, Carol, from my heart. And a wise mentor said, why don't you take another pass through the manuscript from 
little Susie's point of view, that little one, that little glow inside of you that's been through all of this, that's witnessed all of it. Mm. Yes, exactly. Mm. And that's when it became authentic. I felt connected. It wasn't even so much that the black and white of the manuscript shifted. It was my perception and the pieces of the puzzle just went click, 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 like dominoes falling down. And I saw it and I had for the first time, probably authentic compassion for my journey and who I am as a human being for all that I faced and walked through and the soul evolution that I've been able to experience while I'm here. It's so powerful. I know that you have shared, and this is what you do now, is to create transformation from trauma. And I'd love for you just to give us a little glimpse into what that could look like for our listeners. Well, from my experience, I find that my trauma is in pockets in my body. It's in the cells of my being. And while it was very important for me to get a linear conversation, so traditional talk therapies mm-hmm. to get the narrative down and to, to understand it from a mental perspective, it was equally as important to go inside and work somatically with the trauma. And that for me involves going into, is it in my heart? Is it in my solar plexus? Am I feeling it in my torso? Is it in my legs? Is it current? Is it in the future? Is it from the past? Is it ancient? Is it like taffy? What's the substance? Is it dark? And what are the feelings? Do I feel betrayal? Do I feel fear? Do I feel abused? Do I feel downtrodden? Do I feel hopeful? Is it exciting? All of that. And then I could release it and fill the spot with light and love. And as odd as it seems, it's truly been the key to authentic transformation. Mm. And I love just the, the variety of ways that you're approaching looking at it all as opposed to just a handful of words. And I think they often share that is where we fall short in not exploring other words and, as you say, other sensations in your body and being in touch as opposed to just putting it in a box and going, I'm sad, I'm mad, I'm, you know, whatever. But you're exploring, naming, and then traveling in to heal, which just, yeah, it sounds absolutely amazing. I know in your book you say that you offer support with some practical tools and resources for healing. Um, Could you just touch on one or two of those practical tools or resources? Well, let's go one better. Let's just try one. All right. So, yeah. So just take a deep breath, Carol, and anyone listening, just take a deep breath in and just take your hand and put it on your solar plexus, that's at the top of your rib cage. It's underneath your breastbone. It's the third chakra. And sometimes it's symbolized by yellow, but just feel into that area. And then say to yourself or out loud, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. And I use that one quite a bit. It's very, very soothing to my central nervous system. And it's very simple. 
It certainly is. And one could do that wherever you are, if you're out on a walk or you're somewhere or that anxiety comes in and you just need to stabilize, touching somewhere and saying that I'm okay is beautiful. Mm. So thank you for walking us through that. And I hope that those that are listening can realize something as simple as that, that you can implement into your daily routine. Susan, how would you describe who your current audience is? Who would be able to benefit from working with you? Well, initially, I thought it was women that were really of the age where self-exploration was beginning to happen. But what I'm finding is it's even more vast. Um, I've had teens reach out to me. Um, I've had people in their 80s who've already been so super successful, but something's not feeling right. I've had 20-year-olds trying to find themselves. I've found people in their 30s facing depression, alcoholism, addiction. So yeah, I think what's happening, Carol, honestly, especially in this day and age of intense digital cacophony, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. especially especially when it comes to marketing. I mean, how many emails do I get in my mailbox a week that, you know, this person is my new best friend and they know exactly what I'm feeling and exactly how to help me just tune into my webinar and then buy my workshop for a reduced price of $897 instead of 5,000. I mean, I just, so people are drawn to me. Mm. They intuitively know. I had a total stranger reach out to me and say, she bought my book. She was riveted with the story, but then she tried some exercises in the workbook and had a profound insight and her life is changed. That is the biggest gift. Yeah. I know that making that difference to somebody else, that's just... It's an emotional, yeah, an emotional but a gift. Oh, (laughs) you have certainly shared so much with us today. And I thank you. I thank you for just being the authentic, vulnerable self and sharing your journey. I'm going to make sure that people will know where to get your book. And I know that the best place to find you is at your website. To everything they need, they'll find you there. So that is susangold.us. And Susan, you have on your site, if I'm correct, a link a free audio file to the first pages of your book um, and an opportunity for a mini session to to say hi. And yeah, so grab that opportunity, dig in, discover there is healing and they can connect with you, sign up for your newsletter and keep updated on your events. And I know on the planning board is a retreat and I know that it's early days, but tell me a little bit about that. And I know I'm sure it'll be available once that's up and running, but Give us a little sneak peek into the retreat. So magical is Montana. And I've been truly blessed to be led here. As as I had mentioned earlier in our conversation, this, this was not in the planning. So this is divine. And I would like to share it with others so they can feel the healing. So that's in the planning phases, Carol. And I just really, I want to take the opportunity to just express my gratitude for your fortitude and your ability to devote your time, your finances, your energy, your creativity, and your incredible ability 
to produce this podcast and to create the conversations singular and with others that you have. It's helped me and I know it's helping others. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It is my joy to just have these conversations. It's like being able to almost do it in person. And yes, there's some others that are listening on the outside, but the actual conversation is the gift. So thank you for that. As we wrap up this episode, it's, it just feels very emotional, <laughs> but we're allowed to be in touch with those and in touch with our emotions and recognize them and explore. So thank you for being my guest today. Thank you for sharing. And for those that are listening to us, if you feel this conversation has inspired you, I do, I invite you to share it wherever that might be, perhaps just by telling somebody, sharing the link and sending it on as a message, or perhaps sharing it on social media. So wherever you do like to share your content, I invite you to share this episode with others. And I encourage you as you step into this week to explore your own way of connecting not only with others, but now after talking to Susan, connecting with yourself, taking time to connect with yourself, take time to get inspired and take time to create for yourself this week. So until the next episode, take care. Bye-bye.